Medical information obtained from our website or on the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you have, or you suspect you might, have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of the sports doctor, this radio show, or their sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome live from Chicago. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. All things sports, medicine, fitness, and wellness brought to you by Global Schoolwear, school uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger, Lower Extremity Review and MVP Parent Magazines, UK Health Radio, quick shout out, Bruce Merrin, CelebritySpeakers.com. Uh, he represented Elvis Presley. <laughs> His first sports people were Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali. The guy's a legend. We got a great doubleheader today. Hillary Loftus, she is the healthcare education director for Help Our Wounded Foundation, and she's developed managing the uh, How Concussed Student Athlete Program. Uh, she's returning along with Linda Cutting. She is an author, educator, performer. Uh, adoption, parents, and their children, all aspects of that. Then the sports doctor's in, some Bob Guide of Wisdom, and your emails first. Hillary Loftus, welcome back for numerous times on the sports doctor. Thanks, Dr. Bob. It's great to be back again. Great to talk to you again. Yes, give us some background on you uh, and uh, the Help Our Wounded Foundation. Sure. So I am a former sports mom. I was just looking at some pictures of my now 31-year-old from when he was... (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) It's wild. Pictures of when he was eight through high school in his baseball uniform and soccer uniform. And, you know, it's just such an exciting and great time for the kids and for families, too. I mean, they're just precious memories. And it makes them, it does great things for them. Sports do great things for them, and it, you know, helps them become responsible, focused, team players, leaders, and I just can't say enough about it. And that's a big reason why I do what I do with a concussed student athlete that's program. That's why I developed it. I was thrilled when they asked me to lead that uh, with a concussed student student-athletes, and so I developed and managed the program for them. So um, very exciting. Uh, Our goal is to treat between uh, 50 and 70 concussed student-athletes over the next two years with medical-grade hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which helps them recover their brain health. And it's just so exciting when you see the results. You know, they come in and they're They've got headaches, and they can't sleep, and they're upset. They can't play their sports, and their families are all worried about them. And, you know, the, their um, doctors have, you know, most, most have said, well, there's really nothing we can do. Just take it easy and, you know, try to eliminate your Well, your we, you know, it's amazing, Hillary. We, we've come a long way, baby, from uh, uh, ignoring uh, concussions and head injuries in sports let alone the veterans with all those traumatic brain injury challenges over the years. And the topic of concussions has exploded in the importance of awareness at all level of sports and schools in the uh, challenge of treatments. We've had worldwide guests on the sports doctor uh, from Finland with Adrian Harrell and they're developing a saliva test on the sidelines to yes. uh, athlete That's intelligence so with sensors and in, 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 in helmets. They're so great. the, and, and, and like when I first had you on the show, whatever it is, three years ago, we talked about hyperbaric oxygen has been a big deal in the world of healing over the years in wound That's care right. and various yes. areas of podiatry, vascular surgery and other aspects of, of healing uh, so the the uh, uh, positive effect it's had on the, especially some of these chronic uh, conditions with these concussions, where uh, again all of these symptoms afterwards, you know, in the old days, what they, if someone took a real hit, 
You know, someone would say, hey, how many fingers do I have up? Okay, you're good. Go back in the game. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, and today it's so know. much more of a challenge. And uh, the, the uh, evidence with hyperbaric oxygen has been very positive in your experience, hasn't it? Oh, yes. There's so much research on it now. And um, one of the top researchers in the world, Dr. Sai Afradi, he just uh, established a big hyperbaric nutrition, exercise, and physical therapy uh, facility in the villages in Florida. And there are a number of doctors. Paul Harris has been doing research on it for years. Dr. Joe Maroon, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers team neurosurgeon for 40 years, was just awarded um, from the NFL Physician Society for his. Yeah, we're looking forward to him joining us hopefully this fall, Hillary, and again talk about that tremendous journey (laughs) of that whole world of concussion awareness and therapy. You can imagine, again, you know, the National Football League has taken so much flack over the, rightfully so, uh, with the, the challenge of identifying, admitting, and the whole world of uh, uh, concussions. And, of course, the end game uh, with the uh, CTE situation, you know, really, really are, are, are nightmares. So the, the student athletes in the schools, have you had your good cooperation um, what's the website people can get involved to find out about that uh, CSAP? Mm-hmm. Well, um, the best way really at this moment is on the How Foundation Instagram or the How Foundation YouTube. So the Instagram is at How Foundation SF for South Florida. And How is spelled H-O-W, short for Help Our Wounded. And the how YouTube. How long channel. have you been involved in the in the tremendous healthcare education uh, that you're involved with with the uh, with the Wounded Foundation? Yeah, let me just give the YouTube channel because we have some great testimonials from student athletes on that as well as veterans. So if you go on YouTube and you search for How Foundation of South Florida, you'll see testimonials from the veterans, the students some of the student athletes we've helped, and you'll get to learn more. And to answer your question, so I've been involved uh, for almost seven years now. It'll be seven years in uh, November of this year. And it's just so exciting. You know, it's a real growth growth field in medicine and uh, just the rewards of, of seeing the relief in the families and the student athletes that we've helped and in the veterans and their families. How Foundation's treated over 70 veterans by now. And, um, you know, I think the, the number of student athletes is a lot smaller. It's a newer program and we had to, we used up all our funds. Well, you're not going to have a shortage. More. I'll tell you that, Hillary. You know, you're not going to have a shortage of, of uh, possibilities, again, because the head trauma is such a big deal. Uh, uh, and, of course, football is famous, hockey. Also, all the collision sports, uh, uh, again, soccer, rugby, uh, uh, lacrosse, you have so all of these collision yeah. sports, uh, and you have, again, right now there's no specific exact answers. How long should someone be out? Well, you know, to, when can somebody come back? And a lot of organizations that I've had on the show have developed various kinds of on-the-sideline evaluations in order to try to get a head start uh, with either identifying, get that kid out of the game, and then giving them the right direction to go. Uh, You know, now there's these um, uh, concussion protocols. You can't get back in the game unless you've had that neurological evaluation. That was huge news. Right, which is so great that they're doing that they did that, and it's so important because the dangers of getting a second concussion after a first one can be devastating. And even with one concussion, I mean, we're you know we're we're all worried and tuned into um, mental health these days, right? With the athletes and student athletes, and um, research has shown the biggest that, topic in the country. The pandemic, right? it's the biggest topic in the country. Every guest I've had, Hillary, from anywhere in the world, whatever their vocation, when they talk about what's been up front and right in their face, it's been mental health. 
Yeah, which is good that I think, you know, that we can talk about yes. it now. And I think it's, you know, it helps us prevent and, and treat. And it's been shown that if, um, the risk of suicide, for example, after just one concussion is doubled. And wow. All, yeah. Um, it's shocking. And it just goes to show how important, you know, concussion, awareness, oh, recognition, yeah, yeah. and treatment is. You know, is. a frequent treatment. guest of ours, I think you've been in contact, you know, Catherine Snedeker, who yeah, is the founder of Pink Concussions. Uh, and all, you know, the whole women and female side of concussions, there are differences, there are commonalities, but her organization's been around uh, for a while, again, you know, in, with a lot of the different research, you know, again, the, the challenge of concussions and head injuries in athletics, again, has exploded over the past yeah. decade with all aspects and every weapon they have, we really welcome... How how available um, in in the world of medicine is hyperbaric oxygen uh, as far as in clinics? Is it every hospital? What's been your experience? Well, so um, let's see. Hospitals, uh, most a lot of hospitals in our country. Uh, I think something. Oh, I don't. I think it's seventy percent of the hospitals in our country all have hyperbaric chambers for wound care and the other 14 FDA-approved diagnoses, but they cannot yet treat brain injuries. Um, there is one hospital in the country that's doing it for veterans, but I, I'm not allowed really? to say the name. Are you kidding me? Really? No, they still it with the, the, so the, the, the ability to the hospital-wise to use the units for, for the head trauma concussion, they're still arguing about that? Yeah, we can't wait until it's paid for by insurance. Huh. So. Yeah. yeah, people have to well, go to send them send them facilities. our radio show, Hillary. Is what you got to do, uh, you know. Let alone clinics um, uh, and the uh, uh, does a, a a personal physician, primary care physician, um, team doctor, the one who writes a prescription uh, for treatment, uh, uh, and and if it can't be in hospitals, where where would uh, athletes or individuals get the the treatment? Uh, for the uh, concussion therapy with hyperbaric. Yeah, so how uh, partners with, I think it's a dozen um, independent uh, facilities that we've verified, independent um, medical hyperbaric facilities that we've verified for Where are um, they? treatment. Uh, well, the one that we partner with in Delray is Hyperbaric Services of the Palm Beaches, located on the campus of Delray Medical Center, and they have 60 crest chambers, and they're getting more. And um, how lo- we love working with them. They're top-notch. They were the first JCO-certified facility in the country. And then the others, there's one in Orlando. There's uh, a couple in North Carolina. I don't have the list in front of me. Um, it's uh, more, more on the East Coast. Um, oh, I think there is one in Texas now. Um, but if someone contacts me, I can, you know, if they live in another state, then um, I can connect them. But the, the thing that they need to do is to go on the website. There's not really much about the Concussed Student Athlete Program on the website yet because we're so busy reaching out to people, treating patients. Um, but they can go on the website and fill out the initial questionnaire, or they can just call me and I can direct them. And um, so Dr. A- Maroon that you mentioned, mm-hmm. the neurosurgeon with the Steelers for decades, uh, and he's involved in the situation. He, uh, he's impressed. He's recommending it. Do any of the pros get it, uh, involved uh, with this kind uh, of treatment? Yes, they do. And, you know, a lot of them aren't willing to disclose because, oh, various reasons. Um, they might not. <laughs> yeah. You know, whether it's whether it's drugs in sports, whether it's performance enhancing drugs, which I've relabeled, you know, performance surviving drugs, whether it's the hassle mm. over medical marijuana for years with opioids, you know, sticking these athletes in the face, as well as patients, uh, these kinds of concerns where again you would say, Hey, listen, you know, the treatment's really been great. I can't mention it. Or there's right. this restriction or, or that restriction. And uh, the sports doctor or champion of uh, many times 
these kinds of uh, challenges. By the way, everybody, the Sports Doctor, go to my website, sportsdoctorradio.com. You can go to radio shows. You can go back years, listen to whatever you'd like. You have thousands and thousands of followers on the platforms at Sport Doc Radio uh, with uh, a Twitter. <clears throat> so the the student athletes program again, Hillary. I wish you a lot of luck with that. The time always flies by with Hillary yeah. Loftus. You know, again, congratulations with the great work uh, that Thank you, you do uh, with Thank the Wounded you. Foundation, and and we'll have Thank you back. Great, some I real love feedback. To. Yeah. Uh, with the with the student athletes, because this is again, it's a gigantic topic, and I, I really want to thank you for joining us. Thank you, Doctor Bob. Hold on, we'll be right back, everybody. Sports doctor. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Bob Weil, a sports doctor. I'm excited to announce the release of my new book, co-written with Sharky Zartman, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents, an essential guide for any parent with a child in sports. You know, Sharky is a former Hall of Fame volleyball player. She's the mom of two daughters who became Division I volleyball players. Together, we have over 70 years of combined youth sports experience. Goal of the book? Give you the essential tools and guidance to make your experience as a sports parent the best it could be. Hashtag Hey Sports Parents is divided into four sections. The first section, Sports Parenting 101. Sharky talks everything about uh, parenting, about coaching, that whole uh, interaction between parents and coaches, coaching your own kids. Uh, what's What are the things to really pay attention to? The second section is the Sports Doctors In, yours truly. Uh, my discussion of injury prevention and treatment, choosing the best shoes, youth sports and drugs, essential exercises, the dilemma of youth football, orthotics. Third section, uh, experts speak out. We bring together eight different experts in nutrition and sports performance and mental training in all aspects of coaching in that section. The last section is the parent's perspective, some insights. From about a half a dozen parents of athletes. So everyone, hey, get out your megaphone, spread the word. Now available on Amazon. Order now. You'll be more confident. So will your young athlete. Hashtag, hey sports parents. everybody, Dr. Bob here. LER, Lower Extremity Review Magazine, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's been a decade of providing key uh, clinical and practical information about concerns, conditions, and treatment solutions for the lower extremity, both sports and non-sports alike. LER is the only multidisciplinary publication for doctors of all specialties, educators, therapists, and trainers. They inform practitioners on current developments in the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of lower extremity injuries. LER prides itself on editorial integrity and evidence-based content. Their tagline, collaborative care for better outcomes, says it all. Hey, colleagues, go to lermagazine.com. Hey, everybody. MVP Parent Magazine is special. Evidence-based topics on all areas of youth sports. Rich Dubin, a sports dad himself, takes his three decades of publishing. He just celebrated the 12th anniversary of the acclaimed LER Lower Extremity Review magazine, one of sports doctors' key supporters, and he pours it into MVP Parent. Factual evidence-based info on such key topics like physical and mental training, nutrition, injury awareness, treatment, recovery, and prevention. I am proud to be a contributor to MVP Parent with the Sports Doctor is in article in each issue. Go to MVPParent.com. MVPParent.com. Hey, it's Dr. Bob. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger is setting a new standard within the school uniform market. More schools are understanding the value that uniforms provide, school pride and identification being one of them. Another is a well-recognized reduction of student pressure to keep up with classmates in the real world 
of what to wear each day to school. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger provides amazing quality and value to its partner schools and families. It is truly the first brand in this market that students are excited about wearing. Go to the website, globalschoolwear.com. Globalschoolwear.com. from Chicago with the sports doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. Uh, we want to welcome Linda Cutting. Uh, she's an author and educator um, for adoptive parents and their children. Uh, a, really a topic that a lot of times is not discussed. She has a new book coming out, as is always. Linda, welcome to the sports doctor. Thank you, Bob. Glad to be here. Yes. Give us some background on yourself. Uh, you know, many times we'll see teammates and, and, and schools and other organizations, sports, the, the whole category and world of adoption uh, is, is something that's a mystery to a lot of people. Give us some background. Well, um, the title of my book is A is for Always, by the way. <laughs> and uh, it really discusses uh, not just the joys of adoption, but the challenges. And I think what's important for adoptees and for those learning about adoption, for non-adoptees, is to understand that um, much of the adoption world has been shrouded in shame and secrecy, and it's really important to break through that and to normalize adoption and to realize these are normal you know, that's, families. That's an interesting, that's an interesting fact uh, that you wouldn't think off the bat that necessarily it would be something of, you know, the bullying side or belittling or whatever, or that negative side, tough enough, but it is. And I think the, the awareness of, uh, like you said, out of the shadows and talking about uh, some of these things is, is uh, very, very important, you know, whether they're your friend in school or your teammate or the family. So uh, uh, talk a little bit further on that with your background. Well, it's not just important for peers. Uh, I, I think one of the most hurtful questions peers can ask uh, their friends who are adoptees is, well, who is your real family? And the truth is that an adoptive family is a real family, um, but children who are adopted also have a birth family. So in effect, they have their origin family and they have their adoptive family, and both are very real. And I think normalizing that um, and educating kids about that would, would keep them from asking those kinds of questions. I also think it helps educators, teachers, librarians. Um, you know, there's, there's a Coaches. school. Yeah, there's a school assignment that's very tough. That's, uh, you know, write out, draw your family tree with all of your ancestry in it. And most um, adoptees, unless they're in touch with their birth families, don't know their ancestry. And so that's a painful question. And I think... Um, you know, it's important that educators understand that this is also a marginalized community that, that you know, other kids need to learn about. So that's you know, where I'm coming from. There's a million marginalized communities, and uh, uh, sometimes if you talk about all of them and not really get it, uh, this whole side of the adoption, I would imagine the education uh, of the parents has got to be a big deal. Absolutely. It's so important that adoptive parents really grapple with the tough questions their kids are going to ask. And um, I'm looking at A is for Always as a tool for that, um, because really there are letters in it that, that are really give you a chance to talk about kids. So, for example, the letter U is for the understanding you'll get from a parent when something makes you upset. And the illustration is an, a, a giraffe mom nudging her elephant baby as the elephant baby looks sad watching a family of look-alike elephants pass by. It's important, you know, to be able to talk to your kids about that, um, about the wish to be normal, to fit in, to be like every other family. And well, wasn't you know, this book inspired by one of your adopted children? Absolutely, both of them. My, initially, my daughter, who was, who was six at the time, marched down the hallway with two different adoption books and said, why are my adoption books different from my brother's? And I said, well, you were adopted in China, and your brother was adopted in the U.S. And she goes, that's not right. 
There should be an adoption children's book that includes everyone from everywhere so no one feels left out. And then she pointed me and said, you know, you're an author, Mom. You should write one. <laughs> so I, I took it on as a challenge, and, and that's what I did. Um, so that's how it started. Yes, and, and let alone also, there was an incident I remember. It was a while back. It would be, we, we focused so much on youth sports uh, and my book, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents. Uh, and the different kinds of challenges with families between parents and coaches. Problem comes up. Uh, and again, the situation was uh, 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 where uh, that youngster had, had was yelling back at his, his mother, you know, you're not even my real mother. What are you giving me all this pressure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I never thought well, about it as being a, you know, that kind of a, of, of a uh, situation that, of course, could come up on a um, uh, on a team or with a coach and or parent. Again, with what you're talking about, the importance of of education and getting the uh, feedback of the uh, of the kids. Did either of your kids play sports? Absolutely. In fact, I think one of the reasons that my husband coached was exactly that he wanted um, you know he wanted to be there for our kids and also to, you know, kind of usher them through um, their sports experiences. So he, he basically coached soccer for our son, then baseball for our son, and then he coached soccer for our daughter. And that was important for both of them. I think it's a good thing for any parent to do, um, to, to try to, you know, get involved in coaching until their kids pass them by and need a more advanced coach. And uh, that's what my husband did. So... So when important. you talk about the, the uh, understanding and, and some of the different um, the challenges uh, the, between parents, ad- adoptive parents and adoptive children, what are some of the bullets that you find so important that whether it's educators or parents or teachers that need to be kids, uh, that they need to be aware of uh, regarding whether it's similarities on the left and differences on the right, what are some examples that you see as uh, real concerns? Well, I'll tell you something. Um, my illustrator and I had the surprise of being uh, um, listed on number one among new releases on, of children's books on adoption, and then we got number one on children's books, of, you know, alphabet books, and then we got number one with children's books on step families. And we thought, well, this one isn't really about step families, but it is about how families come in all different you know, sizes and colors. And we have a lot of interracial families where we live in the Boston area. And so uh, one example of that is my daughter was coming back from soccer with a good friend of hers whose mother is white and father was Chinese and who looks very, very Chinese. And they were both talking about what it was like to have white mothers. Now, Hannah's adopted. And her friend is a biological child, but she looks very Chinese, and her mother um, is very white. And so um, I realized that when we had placed on Amazon's number one for step families, that that really it was a book. It is a book about um, families with differences, you know, because in interracial families, the children don't look exactly like either parent. And it's the same with adoptive families. The children and common. Don't. You know, this is common, 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 much more common than ever uh, before. And Absolutely. the idea, again, that uh, that uh, the adoptive uh, um, situation is, is, you know, would be, you know, uh, marginalized in some way, shape or form uh, is, is a uh, really it's an interesting, um, you know, factor in, in so many different ways. And uh, what was some of the advice that you've gotten as a parent? Uh, from uh, your children? Well, it's interesting. Um, hey, my, mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <No>? mom. Hey, <laughs> mom. Because I've been very open from the start with them about their birth parents and their origins, um, they came to, both of them came to a place where they said, Mom, you, you know, you should go into fa- therapy about our birth parents because you keep bringing them up. <laughs> so huh. I realized. You know, that had, fact alone that you just mentioned, whether um uh, uh, in, in some families, the, the, the birth parents are hidden or nobody, you know, they, they don't talk about it or whatever. We're you talked about how right at the beginning. I guess that's an uh, uh, important bullet point, isn't it? 
It's a very important, important bullet point. And one of the things about our system of adoption in the U.S. that needs to be changed is that um, every state of the 50, when you finalize your adoption, you're given, you're, you're given a new birth certificate for your child, which reflects you as the birth parents. But you're not the birth parents. And so it robs them of their, their origins. There are only 10 states now out of 50 that allow adult adoptees at the age of 18 to see their original birth certificates. And I am trying to be an activist and work to get the other 40 to do the same because it's so important. Yes. Well, you send them a copy of our show is one of the first things that you do. <laughs> uh, like yeah. a good now, idea. <laughs> again, with whatever your political opinion of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, it's going to be a whole new world in your world. Who knows? Uh, what it's going to be like with all of the new attention to something like adoption, uh, which might not have been even thought about uh, uh, years ago. So that, well, that's a volatile situation, I would imagine. It is. And I, I'm, I'm a pro-choice adoptive mother. I, I think that um, the idea that, that Amy Me too. Barrett came out with about you know, for those who are pro-choice, just think about, you know, it's just as easy as leaving a baby at a fire station. I thought, what in the world is she thinking? I mean, there's so many elements of that. There's where's the empathy for the birth mother who could be a teenager or, or as young as a 12 year old, you know, where's the empathy for the baby? I mean, there, there's not, it is not that simple and it is not the replacement for choice. I no, no, at all. But what it's no. going to do is going to quadruple times 100 the amount of uh, children that might be looking at in some way, shape or form or family to, with, the, with adoption being something that, you know, becomes uh, important um, uh, to be looked at in, in that regard. And well, again, yeah. you know, the, the discussions with families when we're talking about like in school and do, uh, do you find that schools pay attention at all um, uh, to the topic, or is it another one of these things that nobody wants? You know, we, 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 with schools in this day and age, let me see, we can't talk about race, we can't talk about trans kids, let's add adopted uh, kids. You'll be next on the list. Well, you know what, it's, um, it's interesting. My daughter said to me, Mom, you know, this is not just a book for adoptees. This is really a book that allows other kids to learn about our marginalized community, about us as adoptees. And the more they understand us, um, the, the more harmony there'll be in relationships and the less hurt there'll be. In How big a community? I mean, the, uh, I would have no idea. It's got to be a larger, the adoptive community has got to be huge. You know, I, I, I'm going to ask you more about that. Linda, well, actually, when we, when we come back, you got a website people can go to about I do. Uh, you, your work just, in the book. Uh, what is it? It's just www.lindacutting.com. And um, it Great. has both All right, we're going to come back it. and talk more about this. It's the Sports Doctor, everybody. We'll be right back. If you live in or near Aurora, Illinois, and you're into sports, fitness at any level, or your son and daughter is, you cannot forget about your feet. Your feet affect everywhere else. There are complex motions that come into play, especially in sports. Your ankles, knees, hips, and back all are affected with your foot mechanics. Uh, come visit the office, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, and get evaluated. Uh, check what shoes are best for you. I offer prescription orthotics, which is usually one of the major tools for treatment and prevention of foot-related ankle and leg problems. Also, enhancing performance. Step or two quicker, call 630-898-3505 or go to sportsdoctorradio.com. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things, make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits, and more. 
Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with Zero Zilch Zip. Because nothing's better. Hey, everybody, we're back live from Chicago. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist, all things sports, medicine, fitness, wellness. We're talking with Linda Cutting, a multifaceted author, a performer, uh, and uh, very involved in the whole world of adoption, the parents, the kids, the challenges, uh, with a new uh, children's book. Is it A as in always, Linda? It's A is for always. It's, it's an a adoption for, alphabet. I knew I'd get it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked how the book was inspired by your own uh, daughter. And uh, we, we were talking about also, you know, some of the different important factors uh, that um, uh, are important. Your daughter now is a teenager. And uh, how does she think you guys are doing? She's actually very excited about it. And she's... Uh, She's been actively participating in uh, my readings, and I always call her out because um, she she was so directly responsible for it. But my son also had a part in this. I mean, I remember um, him joking with me a few years back saying, Mom, why don't you just make a W for watermelon? Because adopted kids like to eat, too, you know. <laughs> we're, you know, we're normal kids. And, uh, but I, he actually inspired the letter O which is O is for Oak, a tree big and strong. And um, it's for building a tree house where we all belong. And that was to counter his difficult experience with the, um, the elementary school family tree assignment that I mentioned earlier. And so in this picture, um, there are all different species of animals and animal families building a tree house together. And it's based on love and connection, not on, not on blood relations. So, um, what are some of the other letters and subjects? One of them, uh, V is for varied, and that one has maps of the entire world. V is for varied, how families are made all over the world, from New York to Taipei. And what we wanted to emphasize, there are all different animal families on this one, kind of pointing to places where they came from. And we wanted to emphasize that families are varied. Even outside of adoption, they're quite varied. I mentioned in, you know, interracial families before. There are some families with single parents. There are some families with two parents of the same sex. You know, families are varied, and that is who we are, essentially. So that was an important It's amazing thing. how important that theme is, you know, at this point in time. Absolutely. Uh, the whole yeah. idea of acceptance of, of differences is such a major challenge. It's just, it's, and, and crazier than ever. How many um, adoptive families are there? Um, is it, what's the percentage? I would have no idea. It's, it's a, it's, I would say we are about 2% of the entire population. So it's a small percentage, but um, an important one, <laughs> obviously. And I think, because it's 2%, because it is a small portion of the entire population, that's where it becomes really important for it to become normalized and understood by educators and non-adoptees and peers. And um, that, I think, is also what inspired the letter R for this book. R is for real, a word to describe the family you have right here by your side. And there's a picture of a big beach with all these different animal families of different species um, having picnics together. And I, that was in response to my daughter's difficulty with being asked by peers, who is your real family? And um, there was a fantastic uh, scene from a science fiction film that came out in March called After Yang. And in this, in this future family, there's a black mother, a white father, a Chinese adoptee daughter, and there's a bot brother that they bought who's supposed to be a mentor to the sister and, and a brother to her. And, uh, and they are in a car together or, or whatever the vehicle is in the future. 
and he sees that she's a little bit morose and says, what's wrong? And she says, my, my friends told me my family's not real. And so he walks her into a forest where he shows her grafted trees, you know, where, where a branch is taken from another tree and it's, you know, banded to the new tree and then it grows in place. And he said, both trees are important and both trees are real. Your family is real and your origin family is real. And so I think that's what needs to be emphasized is that adoption is real, adoptive families are real, but also the origin families for adoptees are very real. And one of the really great things happening, positive things happening in adoption in the U.S., I, I talked about the fact that there aren't enough original birth certificates available, but there are more and more open adoptions, which I think is, is I, I wish that that's the way ours had gone, but unfortunately our son's birth parents did not want an open adoption. But I think to be able to have a glimpse of what's an open context. what's an open what's an open adoption, Linda? An open and a closed one, adoption. An open adoption is one where you have um, where you and your child have time together with the birth with your birth parents, so that there's oh, some right. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, there's some interaction with their family of birth, and I, I think it's the best model for adoption because it it doesn't deprive the adoptees of knowing their roots of knowing their family of origin and yeah you um, think that that would of course be the way to go you know for a million years on the sports doctor we make a big deal uh about childhood obesity and its relative uh uh importance with bullying the whole tie we had a, a gal very involved in the world of bullying an author just a few weeks ago on, on the show and the various reasons for bullying and obesity was were like number one Disability, really? sexual orientation, um, adoption. Is, is that a concern with bullying? Yes. In fact, our son was quite severely bullied from the fourth through the sixth grade. And he is now um, 21. He's a student at Rochester Institute of Technology. And he actually um, co-authored an article with me for Wired Magazine. And the title of the magazine article was um, how video games became a haven from bullying. And I'm telling you, it's such a big topic, Linda. You know, Linda, we ran out of time. I knew we would. It's a fascinating topic. Linda Cutting, uh, the author uh, of the uh, new book. What's the name of it again? It's A is for Always, an Adoption Alphabet. And the website, people will find out about that and you? Um, it's my author website. It's just lindacutting.com. All right, next time I have you back, we'll talk about your piano playing. Linda Cutting, I want to thank <laughs> okay. you so much All for right, joining us and bringing some attention to a key, key topic. Hold on, Linda. We'll be right back, everybody, to Sports Doctor. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things, make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits, and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk .co.uk or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with zero zilch zip because nothing's better. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. Hey everybody, Dr. Bob here. LER, Lower Extremity Review Magazine, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's been a decade of providing key uh, clinical and practical information about concerns, conditions, and treatment solutions for the lower extremity, both sports and non-sports alike. LER is the only multidisciplinary publication for doctors of all specialties, educators, therapists, and trainers. 
They inform practitioners on current developments in the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of lower extremity injuries. LER prides itself on editorial integrity and evidence-based content. Their tagline, collaborative care for better outcomes, says it all. Hey, colleagues, go to lermagazine.com. Everybody live from Chicago, we are back with the Sports Doctors In segment where we preview some upcoming shows and guests. We mix in some Bob Guida wisdom and we answer some emails. Again, we have great guests coming up. We're going to talk about big pharma, prescription drugs, all aspects of that with uh, prominent author Elizabeth Aiden. And then Phil Wilson with his therapeutic uh, far-infrared sauna uh, technology uh, will be joining us. Following week, Monica Bryant, triage cancer, cancer information. Gosh, is there a family that's not involved in some way or connected with a friend or family member, the whole world of cancer uh, and the importance of education? Uh, We're going to touch on that. And then Sonia Wozden, and we're going to really touch on the importance of mental health in and out of sports, high performance, injury prevention, wellness, uh, mental health. Bob Guida uh, made such a big deal out of strengthening the opposites. He'd say, work the brakes. If you're in a sport that's got a lot of jumping, You've got to work on strengthening everything that allows you to come down safely. If you're in a sport where you're always throwing, then we've really got to strengthen all the apparatus that slows that arm down, controls its, uh, its uh, instability. Uh, and again, imagine that tennis player swinging a racket 500 or 1,000 times a week, and Bob would make such a big difference of strengthening everything worked in the opposite uh, direction. Think about that. In any sport your kids play, any sport you play, repetitive motion injuries are a big deal. Strengthen those opposites, real, real key in in, in importance. Uh, Again, I want to give a shout out here. I want to talk more about our late, great colleague, John Abdo, um, passed away, gosh, 10 days ago. I'm going to mix him in in some of these uh, segments with uh, uh, Guide of Wisdom. They did so many different things together involving uh, foot-ankle pieces of equipment, the DARD, the Dynamic Axial Resistance Device, which worked the flexion muscles of the lower legs, the front of the lower legs, the anterior tibial muscles. Every time you come down and push off, you're using those muscles either as uh, uh, antagonists or breaks. And, uh, of course, John became world famous when he invented the Abdoer. Gaida had something to do with that, that incredibly successful piece of equipment where you're sitting down and you're moving in different directions, holding on to handlebars to work and strengthen the whole core. And of course, John had the, the perfect name, Abdo. Uh, as they turned all of this into the Abdoer or Abdobix, uh, a real champion of champions, uh, the two of them uh, in, in, in so many ways. So we're going to mix uh, Abdo in with some of the wisdom in, in uh, uh, future shows. Again, John, of course, like Bob, a teammate in the National Fitness uh, Hall of Fame. Steve said, uh, Doc, you talk a lot about the two essential exercises you featured in your book. Yes, Steve, uh, I do. The two essential exercise systems are strengthen your feet and ankles and work balance. And in the world of youth sports, for example, whatever your son or daughter plays, whatever their age, whatever level they're at, you got to strengthen those feet and ankles. Ankle injuries to this day remain the most common injured area of the body. And sometimes it's a lifelong hassle 
because ankle injuries can be ignored. They're problematic. Uh, so, uh, and again, if we're talking about enhancing performance, stability, changing direction, acceleration, whether you're in figure skates, whether you're in basketball or soccer shoes, strengthen those feet or ankles. Again, Gaida became famous with his rubber band exercises, and this is what we really, really uh, like to, to feature. The dart also, if you could ever find it, rubber bands, very, you could be a, uh, a seven, eight-year-old or the best athlete in the world, and rubber bands can help stimulate and, and challenge you. The second exercise of balance, think of tilt boards. Think of standing on those BOSU instability pieces. Uh, the sand dune stepper, which is one of my favorites, which simulates uh, standing and moving on the sand where your feet are really gripping and your toes working all of what we call the intrinsic muscles of uh, the feet uh, and the, the core all involved when you create imbalance. And one of our favorite methods of training was called instability training where you create imbalance and you strengthen all the stabilizer systems of all the muscles of the body to turn on. We would put sensors all over the body on somebody and put them on an unstable surface. Uh, every, every light would light up. Everything was being used. One of Guida's favorite exercises was the oscillating balance beam, this rollable gymnastics balance beam on the ground where athletes, whether they were Olympic volleyball players or John McEnroe and Jimmy Connors in tennis or Walter Payton's Jim McMahon's, they were walking that balance beam, which would really challenge their balance and, and stability and the famous mini trampoline that anybody can use. We would have people stand in balance on the mini tram, play catch, on the mini tram with your son or daughter, have them balance in different areas. We would look at the mini tram as a clock. So if you're standing at three o'clock with your right foot, you're being tilted in by the mini tram and you're, you're working all those opposites like I just talked about, all those breaks. If you move over to nine o'clock, it's exactly the opposite. If you're standing in the middle, it's all of them. Uh, so these are things, and that's what I want to talk about quickly before we end the sand dune stepper, that one of the most fascinating pieces of equipment, go to sand dune stepper on Instagram, and you will see from uh, rehabilitating people uh, with instances like Parkinson's and muscular dystrophy to the best athletes in the world, the most explosive athletes, uh, using the sand dune to strengthen everything, to turn everything on above. You know, on the sports doctor, we're always singing the song, the foot bone's connected to the ankle bone's connected to the knee bone. So those are the two essentials. Work those feet and ankles, work that balance, and we'll catch you next week, everybody. Thanks. It's the sports doctor.